1: San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning guys.
2: Morning, morning. Good morning. Good
1: morning. morning. It's actually gotten a little bit hot out there. Not right now. No but it certainly wasn't cold this morning nor yesterday morning. Not nearly as bad. It was I think it was 59 when uh when I pulled into the parking lot here. Well, maybe it's because it was so cold the week
3: before, or the few days before. I, I went in in shorts on Tuesday, and I was freezing, and so I wore long pants on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday.
4: When it was 80-plus in the garden? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I am that smart. Well, somebody yeah. said it was 90 in Poway yesterday. I think so. it was. Well, it was
4: 81 yeah. inside the store yesterday in Poway. Yeah.
1: It was very nice. It wasn't uncomfortable. No. At least, you know, it's funny— when it's 90 in the wintertime, it's not as bad as when it's 90 in the summertime. Well, the
3: day's shorter, so
1: it's okay. Well, yeah, you don't feel
4: it as long. There you go.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the angle of the sun is a little bit different, so the
3: house doesn't heat up, and you know things stay cooler. That is true.
1: Oh, let's see. What do we have going on? <laughs> well, we the have to talk about of the, the, of the
3: sky off. and the weather first. We talked the warmth. What, what, what it was clear this morning. We saw planets. It was crystal clear this morning. Nobody cares? Yeah. No. No. All right.
1: Not that not today.
3: Okay. Did you water extra because it was hot?
1: No. Yes, I did. No, I just left my I just left my sprinklers on. So everything they've been. Really it's going to okay. be it's going to be a relatively short lived um, event event. So they should be fine.
4: Unless they're in pots, which what we a, always go a, back to.
1: What about yeah. my grow bags? I don't have your grow bags. Ah.
3: Well, I watered them yesterday, and this morning I did not feel like watering them. And I thought, you know, they can go every other day. So I hope when I get home this evening that they can go every other day. I'll, I'll let <laughs> you know. Stay next tuned week. next week <laughs> it's, should, it's supposed to be warm. They, again. they should be
4: fine.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, we're we're still in the middle of fruit tree season, and they are selling like crazy. So if you have not if you have not gotten into either of the stores to pick pick out what you want. I would suggest that you do that fairly quickly. Yeah, Um, you know, along with the fruit tree season, this is also your typical, the typical time that people prune their fruit trees, and it's also the typical time that we have fruit tree pruning classes, which we just unfortunately unfortunately can't do right now. However, if you have fruit trees that need to be pruned and you're not sure how to do it, you can always pick up a copy of our book, um, "How to Prune How to Prune Fruit Trees and Roses." You can, if you're in the store, you can pick one up there. Or if you prefer to uh, not come into the store at this time, given the situation, you can go to our website, WalterAnderson.com, and go to the online store, and we will ship you one free of charge. No, well, free we will free ship you a book. We will ship I was about you a book. Let's. The... We will ship you a book and not charge you shipping. There we go. There you there go. Words, <laughs> <laughs> um, words matter, Ken. Yes. So. Anyway, so there there are options available, and if if you didn't if you haven't tried a, you haven't tried Ada Perry's uh, magic for me, you can order that online too, and we will send that to you as well.
3: Should we discuss the combination, or just uh, let Perry? it go? Combination yeah, well, of what? Well, he uh, he go. has it memorized, uh, so he likes meal. to
4: show off and, and tell us what it is. But go ahead, show off. <laughs> no, it, wow. go ahead, tell us what's in it.
3: Blood meal, bone meal, gypsum, soil, sulfur, iron tonic, and Epsom salts, plus. Now, a new ingredient. What is it, George? I think
4: it's zinc. It's one of the zincs. that has magnesium as well.
3: But I don't Sol- remember. Oh, I didn't say, magne- say sulpomeg? No.
1: No. Oh. No, you said epsom Blood
3: salts. Blood meal? Oh. Well, sul- okay. Magnesium sulfate. Sulpomeg. Epsom salts. It is. Right. Um, no, the it's- humic acid.
4: Ah. Humic, yeah. humic acid.
3: I forgot it last time, and you reminded me.
4: Yeah, well, I'm getting
3: old. Turnabout is... Yeah, you are. <laughs> But yeah, now is the time now is the time to do that as well. I need to prune roses, I need to prune fruit trees. I
1: have not done either. Well, I only have one deciduous fruit tree, so it's I not a prune, big deal there. I oh, just then I, go out and prune it whenever I feel like it. So I can brag
4: then because I pruned all of them and sprayed them, including the roses.
3: And that's, that's why we Jewish. don't I mean uh if we don't what? like you. <laughs> Oh, we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, he takes care of business.
3: Yes, he does. Yeah. There is a professional amongst us.
4: Well, well I only, you know, it's it's because I've come to classes at the nursery for 20 plus years and lovely. learned these kind of things and was,
3: And you you I,
4: I put them into practice.
1: That's yeah. that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is a number. We would love to talk to you. Uh I'm in a I'm in a gardening and landscaping forum on that on Facebook and somebody posted that they had a bottle of, they had a bottle of lime sulfur spray, lime sulfur, um, which I actually yeah. have one on my desk. Uh, the, the, uh, the hazmat crew from monsters <laughs> Inc is going to come clear your office. Uh, but she posted, it, she posted a, a picture of it on the face on the Facebook group and said that if anybody needed uh, uh, dormant spray that, she would be willing to let somebody use it. And somebody wrote back and said, oh, I've my, my citrus isn't doing well. Maybe I should use, maybe I should use that. Yeah! <laughs> so I've got a product. So, <laughs> let's use it. So I was like, oh, time, time out there. He, yeah. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, what, why not? Um, it'll probably kill it. It'll burn, well, all it'll all it'll burn, the, burn off the leaves. It'll burn yeah. the foliage yeah. off of it. But well, th- but the other reason well, the other reason why you don't want to do it is because it doesn't it, it it's not it, labeled it, for it. It's, it's, it's not not, exactly. it's not it's not labeled for it and it's it's a it's a fungicide and a disease control and citrus typically don't have that problem. They more of it's they're, they're more of an insect problem. And I, if they did have it, you don't need to spray them with something that's good. That's going to
3: defoliate it. defoliate it. Well, maybe you know I'm still having problems with that con It's still alive, but it's still stressed. And I watered it again. I water that every day right now while it's, while it's hot. But maybe I should spray it with lime sulfur. Yeah, well, might yeah, not I'm sure help. That would help. Couldn't help. <laughs>
1: maybe. I, I would
4: suspect that somewhere on the label it says "Do not use on citrus."
1: I haven't I haven't read right. the label in a long time, but I would it would not surprise me. It would maybe. surprise
3: me if it got down to that detail. They'll tell you what you can use it on. But now we're going to have to go look.
1: Yeah. Well, the bottle's on my it's – behind, it's behind my chair on my desk. So okay. if you want to go up and grab it and look at it today. You're, uh, well, and
3: my yeah. fingerprints are going to be the last yeah. one on when they get confiscated? <laughs> no, thank you. We're uh. No,
4: right. I, well, typically, when we talk about um, spraying fruit trees, a lot of people say, well, I still have leaves on it. And in the old days, you say, well, that's all right, because if you spray, the leaves are going go wrong, to come right. off. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about yeah. typically is that product. But the stuff that we use today does not defoliate. No,
1: the copper doesn't defoliate?
4: Never defoliated with copper. I don't know about liquid copper. I've never used liquid copper. I don't copper. think it will. But regular the, the organic copper doesn't defoliate, um, nor does obviously hoard oil and things like that when we talk about.
2: Uh, right.
4: Yeah, well, well the, was, spray.
3: It, Yeah. If you use horde oil improperly, it'll defoliate. That's true, if you use it improperly. But yes. if you
4: follow the label, which you do, right? You have a tablespoon or a, a...
3: No, I learned my lesson with the horde oil. And now I just buy the ready-to-spray and the refill so that I'm not pre-mixing or doing anything. Because there's something about oil and water. Can you remind <laughs> me what that is?
4: That's vinegar and water? That they don't oil. mix? Yeah, well, it depends. If you shake it up for your salad dressing, you can make it work.
3: Correct. So if you... Pre mix in, in your hose end sprayer, you have to be.
4: You have to shake it quite a bit. Yeah. You're good at it. How, however, I am an if, if you use a hose end sprayer that you don't have to dilute, that that's, would be that's fine. not a problem. Because that's basically the same thing that you're doing with that your. That's
1: exactly spray. what I'm doing. Yeah. But, but you know why he doesn't do that?
4: Because he can't do the math?
1: Well, that's, no, I that, could, do that the math. could be part of it. But it's – the uh, pre diluted ones are significantly cheaper.
4: Oh, okay.
3: No way to – oh, the sprayer. Yeah. The sprayer. I do like that sprayer because of the way it diffuses. I'm very happy with the the Hudson one, but – and that's why I did it because I like the way the spray comes out. Do
1: we even sell those anymore?
3: Well, we were having trouble getting them. Oh. And and we I just got an email last night about Hudson having problems because of plastic shortages and they have to divert it to what they can do this and that. And DRAM, is we're gonna, there's going to be shortages of DRAM water wands and nozzles because of aluminum coming up this season. I, I got an email last night from J.D. about it.
1: Oh. Mm. Maybe we should stock up.
3: Well, I'm guessing that it's already past that point. I asked oh. what the uh, – I haven't gotten a response to the um, – I thank you for telling me that we can't get these things sometime this year, but what does that mean? We need to buy more now or is it already too, too late? Too late,
1: yeah, we passed the point. Right? So. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go to San Diego where Phil is waiting. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Good. What can we do for you? Uh,
5: You were talking about uh, pruning trees, Mm -hmm. and I understand from your book the fruit trees, but pomegranates. I have a pomegranate tree that has... I don't know if they're called trunks but it's got 20 of these things coming from the ground and it's more like a bush do they do you top the pomegranate at maybe seven feet because this one's probably about 12 feet tall and it has 20 uh, i'll call them trunks do you trim out the inner trunks or just trim back the outer it's getting larger than what we want to have as size then I
1: think what then I think all you would need to do is prune it back to the prune it back to the size that you want it to be if you want it to be a little bit shorter you could cut it back you could cut it down a little bit but they do have kind of a kind of a rangy bush growth habit to them so uh, and right. you, and you don't and you don't need to prune them for maximum fruit production either. So, it's basically just pruning it to shape and keeping it in the in the space that you want it to be in.
4: They they fruit okay. on wood on branches that are one year old or more. So, on older wood.
3: Okay. But do be aware if you start cutting back some of those 20 trunks down towards the bottom, they're going to sprout out and give you more so Correct. be very careful how you do that and maybe not cut all the way to the ground unless you can get in there with a pruning saw and kind of remove chunks of the trunk um, because they will and sprout out you, and give you even
5: more. Could could you take like a small sharp shovel and trim back the sides of what would be sort of the root ball? Yes, absolutely you can.
4: They do sucker pretty freely, though, if you damage the roots, so you'll have other, yeah. other um, branching starting, or trees I, starting to come up.
3: I had one that I was trying to control and make into more of a single trunk, and I went down there with a pruning saw and took off chunks, and every time I did it, I kept getting more and more until I finally gave up and decided, this is the number of trunks you're going to have, and not cut All down right. to the ground anymore. Um, so okay. you can thin out, you can thin out some of them as they branch above ground, and but I would be very careful because you're just going to keep getting more and more and have a bigger and bigger bush.
5: Right. It it hasn't ever been trimmed down to the ground yet, but there are. It has sort of expanded out the uh, six or eight trunks that were there to now maybe twenty, and it's it's getting to be. You know, a, a foot in diameter of...
4: Yeah, le- left to its own devices, they just become very big shrubs. Uh, if, if you want to make them trees, yeah. it takes a lot of effort early on to, mm. to get them with a the single trunk, and then you have to keep those suckers uh, off the bottom from uh, developing.
5: Okay, but there's no problem with topping it, as the phrase would be? Right, no, you, can, you can almost do whatever you want to it. Yeah, yep. they're very, very tough. Okay, awesome.
1: Anything else we can do for you? Uh no, thanks. Okay. Uh I appreciate you guys having the show. Thank you very much and thank you thank you for getting up and listening. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um and it sounds like it is break time. We'll be back with more garden talk here on, on KCBQ and KPRZ right after this.
2: To the garden party they all knew my name no one recognized me i didn't look the same but it's all right now i learned my lesson well you see you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself
1: and we're back with Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi and George Alman. What are we going to talk about in this segment? Oh. For some reason I wrote down rats. What were we going to talk about about rats? Well, we oh.
3: had the the branches that were eaten. Oh, that's right. Totally yeah. last week.
1: And well,
4: those were mice for me. Right. Is that well? Let's go with we Rodents. 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 Can we, can let's we, go with rodents. We, we rodents. rodents. Right. Okay. So, so we, we you posted on yours. I'll, I should put that on on our Facebook page. The uh, what the silverberry, right? That was yes. Yes. destroyed Eliabers. by a rat. Eliabers. Yes. So and it,
3: that was a what inch, inch yeah, and a, a half big, diameter branch that was totally chewed down to the heartwood,
1: and then some of that was missing too. Right. You and, know, another plant, another plant that is really susceptible to that kind of damage is a Wheeler's dwarf pittosporum. And you can have a, just an absolutely beautiful mound of pittosporum, and then a branch or two here or there will just completely die. And when you go and work yeah. your way down into it, they you can see where they've just been girdled by by rats or mice. We, we
4: had that happen in the Poway store, right on on the Indian Hawthorn. Oh,
1: well. out in the parking lot. Right. Yes, we did.
4: Yeah. So it it, it is interesting. People come in with with branches that or a, sh- a shrub. They'll show us some photographs and. You, you know, you start trying to help them with the forensics and say, have you looked inside to see if there's anything that's chewed? And sometimes they'll come back with another picture to show you where the, where the rats... Chewed, where there was Where there was some chewing inside, yeah. And
3: most people don't think...
4: That yeah, I, and I didn't either until I started working there with that mm-hmm. piece, yeah.
3: I used to have a customer in Bankers Hill that had pitosporum lining the base of a two to three foot raised retaining wall, and they would have damage and holes in their pits and they told me it was from the the possums would fall off of the wall as they were walking by and fall into the plant and make holes in it, and they were likening them to drunken possums. But I don't know what they'd gotten into, but that that was doing damage to them as well. Their their perfectly mounted shrubs were now. But they weren't. They weren't eaten. They were just no. Like, no. No. Just, okay, they were, those okay. were physical. That was, yeah, was just breaking. Yeah.
1: I've never heard of that one. Yeah.
3: Before. I uh, deployed. That's been my my problem. I'm pretty good about picking up products that I need and taking them home, but I actually put out my Tomcat snap trap and uh, was pleasantly surprised this week.
4: That was the rat trap, right? The larger? Yes. Right.
3: And uh, it did its job.
4: We may have mentioned this before too, but I've had some great success with the little mice, the the black uh, mouse traps, the smaller Tomcats, with not even using any bait. We're, We're finding these little... I think they're deer mice holes in the vegetable garden. The garden itself has, has um, hardware cloth going down 18 inches, 24 inches. So nothing's coming in underneath, but, you know, the mice can climb in. And they, they're eating the broccoli. They're eating all of the, the brassicas. And so where these holes are, I have been deploying, to use your word, the, uh, these little black uh, tomcat traps with no bait. I just set them all around the perimeter, like six or eight of them. You're and, so mean. And every morning I catch mice.
3: You know, I remember a similar story you told me about that earlier this year, and I was having some kind of rodents that were putting teeth marks into my butternut squash. So I put out my little traps, like you said, and I got nothing. Really? Nothing. Are you sure that, the, I, I, that I think what you're I, telling I'll, me I'll is I'd be happy accurate? to show you
4: some, some video or pictures, but, you know.
3: <laughs> Details at 11? Details at 11. Okay. This just in maybe I need more traps. I only put one around Oh no each. no, you have
4: to I mean they're going to avoid the trap. This they had no choice coming out of the hole but to hit the <laughs> traps. <laughs> it's also, a mine, like a minefield. It's, it's exactly. a minefield. Yeah. Lay more mines across. it. So that's probably why you were not successful. If you put one, they can avoid it quite easily.
3: Well, I thought they'd be attracted to the bait I put in yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. But the not but even using bait. I'm not even
4: using. Yeah, the butternut squash was more appealing to them than the bait on the trap.
3: I think I put pieces of butternut squash uh, in it. <laughs> Ding. Rats, <laughs> or field mice, as the case may
1: be. All right, I'll try more traps.
4: They are destructive, though. It's amazing how much they can do in one evening. How much damage?
1: Oh yeah, they can they can they can they can wipe wipe stuff out. Um, last Sunday, Melanie and I decided we were going to go for a hike, so we went out to the Sycamore Canyon Gooden Ranch Preserve at the end of Sycamore Canyon Road, which is out at the end of Garden Road in Poway. I've never been out that never been out that way, but it's beautiful out there it's really really pretty you start up at the start up at the trailhead and you kind of walk down into this canyon and there's a huge stand of oak trees and sycamores uh, and the Gooden family ranch used to be there the the remains of the ranch house are still there the the it's a stonewalled ranch house unfortunately the house burned in the cedar fire back in 2003 but the all the walls and everything are still there and it was built in 1937, and I can't even imagine how far out in the middle of nowhere that must was. have been in 1937. Because in, in, in yeah. um, it's a it it's a fairly good drive from from Poway Road out to the trailhead, um, but it's 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 gorgeous out there, and you can there's multiple access points. Uh, you can you. Can go off a of Sycamore Canyon Road. There's a there's a parking area up on, um, up on the 67. You can come down from the 67, uh, but it's it's a beautiful hike. It's it's absolutely gorgeous out there. It's, so if you're looking for something to do to get out into, get out into nature, I would uh, I would highly recommend going out there and checking it out.
3: I too recommend it. I've never been there, but there've been too many people hiking on my McGinty now. So let's get oh. them out to Sycamore. Get go ahead <laughs> to Sycamore. Well, get if you would stop talking way. about McGinty on I've the radio or
4: posting I... pictures, you might, you know, reduce the number of visitors.
1: I don't think it's my fault, but it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, the the other thing that the other place that I would love to go see out in Sycamore Canyon, but unfortunately, I think it's part of I think it's part of Miramar, Miramar. is the um, missile test site. There was a there was a rocket engine test site uh, built by General Dynamics back in the late fifties where they would test the Atlas engines. You've pointed that out to me before, right? You can see it from you can see it on like Google. Costco. Yeah. Can't you see no, it from across the no. canyon there or no?
3: No. no but you just point that's where it was. Well it's a, it's it's back it was in there.
1: it was down in it was down in one of the canyons, but the, the flame troughs. Um, for the test stands and everything are still are are still there. I think would be I I would love to go out there and see it. I've, I've heard
3: stories told from uh, mountain bikers. What well, my neighbor has gone out there before? Oh yeah, and been escorted away. I was going to say I probably um,
4: I probably signed a Title eighteen to keep
1: kick them off the property back yeah, in back in yeah. the eighties nineties. I did that a lot.
3: They frown upon people yeah. cruising out there.
1: Yeah, they were really cracking down on that a couple of years ago. That's is that's yeah. when it happened. Yeah, yeah.
4: I spent a fair amount of my younger days uh, out in East Miramar in those that parts.
3: Just part. hassling the the citizenry.
4: Well, actually, the regular police would capture them, and then we would sign paperwork to send them away.
3: Yeah. So mean. Yeah. Same, way, same way, with the
1: little field mice. Exactly. Okay. A trend.
4: <laughs>
1: <You gotta> go. <laughs> uh, as we were walking back out of the, as we were walking back out of the preserve going up the trail there was a there was a small oak tree growing on the side and Melanie, Melanie saw it and there was a about a marble size, well maybe about a quarter size um, Was is that you? Yes.
2: Yeah, oh okay. it, it
1: wasn't David this time. Let's <laughs> about a it looked like a fruit about this, about the size of a quarter spherical and Melanie said, "Oh what, what what is that? And I said, well, it's an oak tree. And she said, well, that's not an acorn. I said, no, it's not an acorn. I said, it's it's It's, it's oak gall. No, it's an oak fruit. It's It's an oak apple. (laughs) (laughs) But, but oak gall wasp, and they are prevalent in, in San Diego. And there's actually going to be a small article in the next newsletter about them, but it's a little teeny wasp that deposits its eggs in the, in the new growth um, stems of oak trees. And, the eggs hatch and that gall forms and the larvae the larva form inside the gall and chew on the on the soft tissue in the gall. And then when they pupate, they bore their way out and take off and do it again. Do it again. And, yeah. and yeah.
3: when they're fresh, they look like nice little fleshy apples. They yeah.
1: look delicious. Yeah. I wouldn't eat it though. Well, I know somebody who tasted one once and it wasn't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, just eating an oak tree doesn't sound good to me. Well, and, Yule Gibbons did. Some
3: parts are edible, you know. I thought that
1: was pine trees.
3: That was, but I can, yeah,
1: I can move it over to oaks, can't I? So, so anyway, um, so uh, large
4: stands of sycamore, large stands of oaks,
1: large stands of sycamore, large stands of oaks. Uh, like you that? can see there's uh, when it during the rainy season, you can see where there was running water through there. Uh, there's a there's a ranger station that's r- literally across the street from. Well, I across the trail from the burned out ranch house um but it was it was closed when we were there so as I, I mean actually I've ha- i have a feeling that it may be closed for because of covid right now in general but it's a it's a pretty good sized ranger station that they have out there so
3: i've driven past it a million times and never bothered to go in the, the entrance off of the 67 oh the 67 right. yeah. but it is really neat back there you can see it when coming down Scripps Poway Parkway headed to the nursery in the mornings you can see down into the canyon. And...
1: Well, if you're gonna, my only advice is if you, if you're gonna go in off of the 67, that's a, that's a pretty steep, that's a pretty steep hike, getting da- getting down into the bottom of the. So, pro getting, tip is, go in through Garden Road. Go through Garden Road.
4: <laughs> or, or yeah. start up at 67 and have somebody pick you up on the other side.
1: Yeah, you could do that. You could. Go have somebody drop you off at the sixty-seven. You hike down and then come up Garden Road and come and pick you up. That, at Garden that'd Road. be a fun game.
3: Oh yeah, I'll pick you up there. I'll meet I'll, you over there you. in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then just not go, not show. You can hike both ways.
1: If you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We would love to talk to you.
4: Were there any, a lot of other natives there, Ken? That you know, like the, the salvias and such?
1: Yeah, actually, there is. There's 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 some pretty. Some pretty big salvia clevelandi's that we that we were, That's that we when were I do hiking through
4: Lake Poway. There's a you know a bunch of uh, ceanothus up on the hills, and then mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, uh, salvias as well, epianas and such.
3: Yeah, maybe I can ruin another trail for for people out in my direction. I was uh, hiking Hamul Mountain a couple of weeks ago. And there's lots of Salvia apiana, the white sage, right. which is really pungent. Smells really. That's good. really fragrant. It's, it's, yeah. But yeah. I found a stand of Matillaha poppy, which yeah. I've never seen in the wild before.
1: Right. I don't uh, think I am either. I and think, it, yeah, I haven't.
3: And it's funny because the the trail is on a ridge line, and so the there's a little bit of Matillaha at the top of the ridge line, and the majority of it is on the east side. There's none on the west side, which means that I guess it's never been able to get enough of a foothold. Because of the heat on the hot side of the mountain, it has not allowed it to grow. But on the top and then on the the shady side, it's
1: done really well. That's interesting. I've got a Matilla hop, poppy story I'll tell you when we uh, come back from the break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this.
2: To the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it
1: all right. And we're now. back with more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. If you'd like to give us a call today, 1-888-344-1170 is the number.
3: You can say, I could say one but
1: you were going to say 1-800, weren't you? No, I was going to say one eighty. Oh, you can't. did, so did. it's okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, the, Matilla Hot, Poppy the story? Matilla Hot Poppy story. After the Cedar Fire, i <laughs> trying to think, was it the Cedar Fire? Or was, yeah, I think it, it was the Cedar Fire.
3: The one that burned through Rancho Bernardo the first time. Um, on the north side. through. No, the, the Cedar
1: Fire, no, that that was the Witch Creek Fire. Cedar fire was the first one that burned through Scripps ranch. Um, well, then maybe it was that one. Anyway, one of the fires, <laughs> I was out in Escondido doing a damage assessment for, for a customer. And they lived on, on the South side of the back nine of the vineyard golf course. And I had just played the, I had just played there, uh, a few weeks beforehand and there was this one house and they had Matillaha poppies that were five to six feet tall, a solid line of them on their property line where it butted up against the, one of the fairways, um, on the golf course. And they were beautiful. They were, they were just absolutely stunning. Well, that turned out to be the house that I had to go do a damage assessment for. So I'm wa- working my way across the property and I get down to the, get down to where the Matillaha poppies were. There was n- they were I'm gone. gone. They, were, they, were, they were completely gone. There was nothing left. Except when I got down and started looking closer, they had already started to grow again. And they had about an inch to an inch and a half of new growth coming up from all the crowns that were on the ground. But all of the, everything, that was, everything that was there that I had seen before was completely wiped out. N- nothing left the crowns were still alive and they were starting to come back. It, it was, it, it was amazing to me that, that that could happen. So. I
3: remember doing one on the South side, just opposite. Cause it was facing North on the South side of, uh, Lake Hodges. Mm-hmm. And they had the same thing. The backyard was all mowed down, which can be beneficial. It can get a little weedy in there if you leave them all intact.
4: They, those, they form huge thickets. Yes, uh, do, the, yes. the wild animal park or the safari park now has a, in their California native section, has a big stand of them. And in the spring into summer, it, it's huge. It's spectacular.
3: My neighbors put some in and it's spreading through their yard. And I was out doing some weed control on the lower portion of my property. And I went by and there was some sprouting up around their mailbox, which is tens of feet away from where, actually it's probably 30 or 40 feet away from where it had been, Planted Originally and by planted, initially initially planted, And yeah. so I, I, sprayed, and then later that evening, <laughs> I was over visiting. I'm like, "Did you guys want the Matilla, Matilla <laughs> by your mailbox? Why? Well, because I may have sprayed them. What? Well, it's right coming up under your mailbox. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah. They, they
4: get like six to eight, six to eight feet tall, yeah. and when they're, I think when they're in bloom, they're spectacular. The flowers gorgeous. They it's are. also called a fried egg. Mm-hmm. Flower fried eggplant. Why because do they that, call it that? Because the center of the, the the white white petals has a or white petal. I guess it's almost like one big petal has a looks like a yellow yolk It looks it like does. a fried egg, um, but. Makes they get six hungry. eight feet tall, and the, but as soon as the flowers are done, I think they're just kind of weedy, ugly looking plants. That's yeah. what they look
3: like up on Hamoun Mountain right now. Yeah. just ugly, just weedy, weedy plants. Yeah. yeah. My neighbor chops theirs down to the ground, so you don't have the stems left. But in nature, yeah. the stems are still sitting there to six feet.
4: But otherwise, they're I think they're I think they're a pretty flower.
1: You want to you know my oh, other oh go ahead. Was one one other interesting thing about Matilla Hop poppies is you put you put them in the ground, you get them established. If you do anything to disturb that the crown of that plant it's dead it's gone they're not not happy they they don't like it i had one when i lived in claremont i had one growing in a pot um on on the side of a retaining wall and somehow a root got out the drainage hole of the pot and into the ground while i decided i didn't i didn't want it there so i went over and i and i tried to pick it up and it it wouldn't it was, was rooted here. so I so I gave it a good yank and it came out and went and I went and planted it wherever it was that I wanted it. It was dead within a week, and I didn't even. And I didn't even. It it was like one root that came, that came out of the pot. Right. It, it it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah.
4: Every everything you read about them speaks to how um, fragile the root system yeah. is. Nan it, Sturman, it, in one of her growing passions has an article about it, and one of the things she says in it is. They are very finicky about their roots and how you plant them. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So if you so if they, put it, if they, plant it where you want it, and then just leave it there. Yeah, don't, so don't see, If, don't, if it don't it to sad, it; it'll take off. Yeah. And so what were you going to talk
3: about? Well, I was just. This was one of my observations in hiking the backcountry. People plant, come in. Our customers come in and they plant natives and they put one here and one over there and they don't water them because they are natives and they don't need it. Mm-hmm. But when you're out. In the nature, looking at them, there isn't one native plant here and one over there. They're all grown in a cluster together to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, not any one plant is generally getting full sun all day because they're all shading, shading each, each, other. each other. So yeah. so they are sharing the environment and it protects them because the shade from one plant is... Reducing the stress on the ones next to it, and because it's a big community, mm-hmm. they all take care of each other that way. But when somebody goes home and plants a single plant, it's not protected, and that is one of the reasons they're, uh, they're going to need more water yeah. to get to get them yeah. going, and and even thereafter. And the success
2: um, rate of growing them isn't very high because
1: of all And, these
3: and you can see the progression out on the trails. In the spring when we've had rain, they all look great and they bloom. The bees are coming and everything's happening. They look great. And then as summer progresses, they start looking.
4: Well, not so a, great.
3: There's a phrase yeah. <laughs> I use, but let's use not so great. And if you want them to look better throughout the year, then they're going to need some water, even though they are California natives and they don't need water. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they look their
4: best when there's, in, in the winter months as we start moving into yeah. spring when there's when there are natural rains. So and if you want them to look that way, oh, hopefully, and if you want them to look that way at home, they need a little bit more water.
3: This is a perfect way to go with the weather we didn't talk about at the top of the
4: show. That was, we might be getting rain this coming week? Well,
1: and, you know, one other thing about the, the stands of like, like native salvias and things like that that you, that you see out in the wild is you don't know how long that's been there yeah. and how long it's taken to get to be that size. And I think a lot of natives will grow much faster with non-native Care than they would than they do in the wild. Absolutely so, correct. Right. Yeah. Right. So they don't. If as, as long as the soil drains well, they'll take the extra water mm-hmm. and they'll look really good and they'll look much better.
4: Yeah. And, and well, to that point about looking better, we have a lot of. When I first thought about putting native plants in, I always thought, well, you know, yeah, the the salvias they're they're pretty, you know, but they're silver and in the winter they, do, I mean, in the summer they kind of look cruddy, to use a word, uh, not so great. Is how they look, but when you there are we have a lot of plant a lot of native plants that, with a little water, look really good. Not a lot of water, but a little bit more water than than in nature.
3: Even the, the rain we got two weeks ago, or whenever that was, has already exactly started yeah. to make a difference. So we, we have out. if
4: we have some plants. That, so if you think if by putting in, when you hear the term native plants, you're going to put some gray leaf thing in the yard and it's going to look cruddy. That, that's not true. There are some really pretty plants, some nice flowers, and a lot of them bring in a lot of uh, pollinators into the
1: yard. I was never I was never a big fan of California natives for for a long time. I was just more of a more of a tropical guy. Um but now that we're buying from Musa Creek, yeah. Oh my god. They have just some absolutely beautiful plants and they have a ton of them too. It's you go to their you go to their website and look at what what they're growing. It's crazy how much stuff they have on there. But they, they grow some beautiful, beautiful plants. Well,
3: it's, it's changed, and, and they it do really look has, really, yeah. really nice now. Um, and you can keep them looking that way year round. And that doesn't mean you have to water them like a tropical. Uh, once they're established, they don't need it very often. But giving them a supplemental watering during the summer sure makes a huge difference in the appearance of
1: all of them. Oh, yeah.
4: How they look and how, how more robust they'll grow.
1: You know yeah. I think I think probably I the like robust. robust. I think good. 30 years ago the yeah. only the only natives that we had were were toyons, manzanitas, ceanothus and salvias. Yeah. That was yeah, I think that was would. about the extent of it. Yeah. Um and and salvias it was like salvia clevelandii and there were there were only a couple of there were only a couple of ceanothus and there were a couple of manzanitas. And now the selection is just out is just outstanding hey, hey, we, we
4: typically have what five or six different salvias california native salvias out there from Musa, yeah and
3: ceanothus and, right. and ceanothus there's too. probably eight
4: or ten different ceanothus yeah. yeah
1: yeah so you're going to talk about the weather
3: well it looks like it's changing we could certainly use it but what is our oh
1: yeah we can talk about it
3: for a minute yeah. i it looks like it's coming we i saw yesterday finally. it
1: looks like tuesday
3: we're yeah, I, I know they were talking about. I didn't see. They were saying for at least next weekend they thought it was going to be rainy too. But maybe it's all the way through the week. I don't know. Well, they, the one that this morning says maybe even a something on Monday night where they might squeeze a little bit of rain out of something. So it looks like the weather pattern is changing, which will be very very nice. Um, I don't like to complain about the weather. Oh wait, yes I do. <laughs> um, but it'll be nice to get some to get some rain.
4: I purchased some fertilizer yesterday in preparation of this coming week.
3: All right. So we'll be selling lots And I'm, of, actually it. It I'm actually going to apply I'm actually
4: gonna put it out. Yeah, well, just throw just that. Just for out. those
3: of you who wondered, I'm sure many of you were wondering, I think you and I were talking about me buying that bag of actually we were all we of definitely. uh flower and bloom. We were all here for that. And I promised that I would go home and and feed my plants. Well, I didn't use the whole bag. But I did put out some fertilizer as promised. I only used about a third of it, and I gave up. (laughs) But we did get a good rain.
1: We need to take a quick break here on Garden Talk. You're listening to us on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: To the garden party. They all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it all right now. I learned my lesson well. See, and we're back
1: with more garden talk here on KCBQ so and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahadey, and George Allman. Um, one quick, one quick uh, note: We had told everybody last week that we were expecting David Austin Roses in this week, and they did fail. Not arri- they did the, they show. did not arrive. It was it was not our was not our fault. So we're I am assuming we can expect them sometime <laughs> next, next week. <laughs> So we um, keep an eye out on the keep an eye out on our Facebook page and we'll it, make sure that we don't probably covid out. because of covid oh, yeah. because it was oh, that was delayed. Yeah. I'm
2: sure that's
3: I'm sure blame everything on everything. That's my everything. story everything. and I'm yeah. sticking to it. Yeah, you know, who would have thought water wants would be a a problem. Now we're going to start a water wand panic. Yeah. But I got to talk about my peas. Your pee. <laughs> please. Excuse
4: me. That's P E A S.
3: I was thinking about beets, but anyway, um, I planted some purple potted peas and they are just starting to fruit up and it's looking nice. And they're right next to the, not only do they have pretty flowers on an edible pea, cause it's a kind of a magenta and purple bicolor flower, but the pea pods are purple. I didn't pay attention when I got them. It was a, a Rene's seed. I don't remember which one it was, but I think it must be Royal or Royalty or Your Royal Highness or... Royal Emperor, emperor maybe, or something. Something yeah. like that. Um, and then the, the regular white flower and green peas are starting to ripen right next to them. Took Ours them a little are low.
4: really slow this year. I, I mentioned that to you the other day. They're just...
3: I'm a little bitter because I gave some seeds to my neighbor. And They're doing I've been harvesting
1: from their yard for, <laughs> for two weeks now. Well, I was going to say the amazing thing is that you actually brought a packet of seed home and, and used And, and planted it in the same got season,
4: <laughs> yeah. That's amazing.
1: Uh, let's see. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to go talk to Dennis in Escondido. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. What can
5: we do for uh, you? I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about wood chips. Uh, my next-door neighbor's got three acres of l- l- bare land, and he used to have to have two riding lawnmowers to keep all the weeds down, and now he's been using wood chips on there and he hasn't used his uh, riding lawnmowers in a long time. So they're really doing a good job of keeping the weeds down, these wood chips. He gets them for free from these wood cutting guys. And uh, But there's another thing that I would like to add to that. I was watching a video called Back to Eden and this guy on this video, he swears it's the best thing since sliced bread, putting wood chips down as a mulch that it just enriches the soil at uh, to the point where you almost don't need to use fertilizer. I'd like what your comment is on this.
1: Well, the wood chips will will eventually break down and enrich the soil with organic material and, and some nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash, but the pro- the problem with with raw wood chips is that as they as they're breaking down if they aren't composted to begin with, they, will, they can actually suck some of the nutrients out of the soil during the composting process.
4: Particularly nitrogen. They'll, yeah. they'll eat up some of the nitrogen in the beginning. But it's usually just, I mean, it's just at the surface. It's just not deep the into the roots, yeah. right?
3: But ultimately, having great soil and adding organic matter is the goal. Because the, the better your soil is and the more you do for your soil, the less interaction you have to do. So using the grow powers or the organic fertilizers which feed the soil in addition to feeding your plants and adding compost and organic matter like wood chips uh, over the top on a regular basis helps to enhance or re-enhance the soil so that you don't have to do as much. Absolutely, it's a it's a great thing.
4: It is increases the microbial activity all the, the bacteria the the fungi uh, start thriving underneath there it retains the moisture the earthworms will be happy and start living there and, and start uh, making the soil the dirt into soil
3: so, so we, we give two four six eight thumbs up on that. Okay
1: beautiful. Thank you. You're okay. you're
3: welcome. You know, and in addition, especially here in the great state of California, then that's gonna reduce emissions because he's not using his lawnmower. So it's a it's an extra a plus. Win. It's, it's, a a win. Win. it's a win. It's a win win. No, I I am a firm believer. I <laughs> a year ago I had one of those tree trimming trucks um dump on my driveway and it only took me a year to put it out in the yard, and there's no weeds coming up where I put it. And it's mostly
4: composted it. by the time you I put it out. That, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. we need to do that. I, I keep saying I get, I've got to get to the dump and get some more mulch. but.
3: And just a pro tip, if you put air in the tire of your wheelbarrow... Even easier? It makes it easier. Well, I mean, I didn't realize that when I moved the many yards of soil, but I didn't have air in the tire.
4: And so it seemed like a, a more daunting <laughs> task so than it needed I, to be. Well, yeah.
3: I figured it's mulch. It's going to be light. So it's no big deal. I see. It was a big deal. It was a big yeah, it's deal. A big deal. But I have air on the tire now. Well, and I moved some have dirt. There? No, I don't have oh, any okay. mulch now. But I did move a wheelbarrow full of dirt, and it works much better.
4: Mm. Isn't we? You, you guys, been,
3: you guys already knew that.
4: It's it's one of those things I learned a couple of years ago when I was like five. <laughs> when I was four. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much, George.
4: But, uh, we've been composting a lot and putting that out as well uh, around the fruit trees, but I do need a big, thick layer of mulch or wood chips around the, the greater area around the trees to every, help reduce weeds. And, and
3: Every time I drive hoisting. past one of those trucks, I think, gosh, I could use another yeah. load on my driveway for like a year or two before I deploy it. Yep. But even if you do that, it is something you have to do every year because new weed seeds will get into the top of your mulch right. and germinate the following year. So it is an ongoing
4: Unless, you, process. Put, unless right. you put a pre emerging down. <gasps> well, which you could do. Yes, you could. But not a maze, as we talked of last week.
1: Not anymore. Okay. Um, going back to the Cedar Fire again, I did a landscape consultation for a house on the south side of Palmerado. You could actually see their backyard. It was a big slope that would go down into the into um, into the canyon. And he had this huge orchard planted on the On the slope. I mean, it it was it was big, and all the trees at the time were at least at least twenty four inch box size. And his house didn't burn down. He just wanted somebody to come out and take a look at the orchard. So we went went out there and went down into the orchard. And like a week or two before the fire went through, he somewhere he found um, oak chips. About the size, about between a, a nickel and a quarter, and he put down three inches of oak chips over the entire over the entire orchard, and basically Inside. pellet pellet cooked yes. his entire orchard because they, they they caught on fire and it was just a sl- just a slow smoldering smoldering. I yeah. remember telling that the, story before through, through the through the entire through the entire thing wiped out the entire orchard. Wow, yeah just cooked it
3: i I remember seeing a couple of yards or many especially up on iron mountain where trees hadn't taken a direct impact from the fire but it cooked the trunks on one side so half of the half of the tree was one side of the tree was dead the rest of it was still alive but that one side just from the the heat Mm -hmm. had baked and cooked off like the trees we regularly see with sunburn damage on the top where they where they're exposed and then the the sun cooks the top and it burns off the outer layer of tissue and then all you see is the heartwood with the
1: backside still intact. Yeah, that's – I've never seen anything like the – That would have that, destroyed that
3: painted, everything. It would have yeah. cooked all the beneficial – organ. Well, Say your say your phrase. The microbial. Well, yeah, but there was another one you used before. That was two. Biodiversity.
4: Yeah, uh, I forgot which it was. I used. My, my, well, microbial anyway, the, and the worms right. and the
3: whole thing. It would have cooked the whole thing, which gets comes full circle to me. Not watering enough when you let the soil get so hot and that that things are drying out and baking. Um, not only is stressing the heck out of the plants, but you're killing all the beneficials that are in the soil surface that are there trying to help you do your gardening work. Then you have to start all over again. Absolutely. Anyway, that's why we should always endeavor to do our best from the get go. Right? I would say. Motivational
1: speaker. (laughs) What did you say? He's a motivational speaker. Oh, that's, that's me.
3: And now we'll find out if tomorrow, that was only 30 seconds. Man, that was the longest 30 seconds in radio history. Um, I'll know today when I get home if I needed to water my That's carrots, right. carrots and right. my grow bags or not. There you go.
1: You've been listening to the Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. Have a great weekend. We will be back with more next Saturday at 6 o'clock.